Hey everyone, welcome to the Communication Coach Podcast, where I'm going to help you to create successful change through powerful and honest conversations. I am your host, Nikki Perfect. everyday communication and behavior and it's important when you're looking to change or make a behavioral change uh, whether that's in your fitness and your health whether that's in your communication if you're joining me on my communication page whether that's in some other area of your lifestyle it stems from knowing what your values and beliefs are so for those of you who don't know me, I'm just going to give you a really little quick bit of history as to why I personally believe this is important and how it can actually change your life. So before I had my businesses, I was in the police for 31 years in London. And for a decade of that, I was a hostage and crisis negotiator, privileged to share in hundreds of people's conversations and learn really three really important life lessons. One is we all have a story. Two is we all have a crisis at some stage in our life. And the third one is that loneliness is one of the biggest killers in the UK. Now, I mentioned that because that is actually a belief uh, from some people who reach the end of the tether and can't see their way forward. And, and that's important and relevant to what we're talking about today, because when we are in an emotional crisis of some sort, our behaviour and our communication changes and we do or we say things that we wouldn't necessarily do or say if we we're in a logical state. Now, for those of you who know anything about the brain, I'm going to make it really simple. It's split into two. One is your primitive emotional brain and the other, sorry about that if you just heard a really loud ping, and the other is your logical brain. And when we approach life from a safe, calm, logical perspective, life is a lot calmer and a lot easier. And when we approach it from our primitive emotional brain, it's a lot harder. And your primitive and emotional brain generally kicks in when you're not living in congruency to your values and beliefs, right? That's just really going to annoy me. So what's happening is people are booking their gym, their gym classes in and it is pinging away on my computer, which is making it quite difficult to here so let me just go to settings and put that onto uh, night mode and silent and then we'll carry on sorry about that i didn't realize it was going to ping away so do not disturb let's do that one now so hopefully that will work okay right sorry about that let's carry on we're talking about values and beliefs so there was a belief system of mine that you would be disturbed by the fact that I had pinging things coming in on my computer. So beliefs and values run how you live. Now I can see there's a few people watching, which is great. Um, so if you are there, please say hello. Just say, hi Nick, I'm here with you. In fact, you don't even need to make it that long, just say hi. And if you know anything about values and beliefs, please just type yes in the comments box. And let me know. So there is a great book which I'm going to recommend right here at the very start. So I am 52 and I wish I'd known this in my early 20s, I think, probably even younger. But I only kind of started to really realise what, how 
your values and beliefs really drive your behavior and how they affect your life and your habits in absolutely everything you do from parenting to being a young person to being at school to uh, how you spend your christmases they're all interrelated and it includes in the health and fitness world and it includes in the communication world so i'm just going to give you loads of examples from lots of different perspectives and hopefully you'll be able to take something that you can implement into your life that will help you to make a difference if you want to make a difference if you're quite happy then it might just help you to understand your behavior and your emotions and why specific things trigger you so i'm going to go right back to basis and make an assumption that many of you don't uh, haven't researched values and beliefs so you'll know about them from an organizational perspective you know when the organization say these are our values and uh, what we hold to be true and this is the sort of behavior that we would like to see in our working environment and many of them are around especially in the policing organization which is my background around honesty integrity and courage and trustworthiness so they're all brilliant values but often we talk about values on a on a kind of um, superficial level. So we talk about them, but they don't mean anything to us. And by that, I mean, when you look at your own life, what do you do? What do you do on a day-to-day -day basis? And what do you enjoy doing? Because that's where your values are. So I know from spending and, re and reflecting a lot in my life that my highest value is to be in service. And I can't get away from that, no matter what I do. Because if I'm not doing it, I don't feel like I'm living my life in a congruent fashion. And congruent means that you are saying and doing the things that you believe to be true and you're acting in the way that you things to be true and you do a job because of the value that you hold. So I'm going to go right back to beliefs for starters and we'll just do a little bit of psychology. Now this comes with a warning, okay? I'm, I don't have a doctorate. I haven't been... Um, and studied this to doctor level or anything like that. I don't have a PhD. This is just my experience. This is just my research. This is what I believe to be true. So it doesn't mean that it is true. It's also things that I have seen during human behavior and watching people in, in crisis, you know, like severe crisis right to the edge of standing on a building wanting to take their own life because they can't see a way forward. And then comparing that to everyday life and how that triggers us as humans and how our behavior and our relationships change because of this and why we sabotage ourselves why we w say we want to lose weight and then we do the opposite how we say we want to get fit and then we do the opposite how we say we want improved communications in re relationships and then we do the opposite so it's all linked into human behavior and it all stems back to your values and beliefs so what is a belief so a belief is something that you believe to be true that might not necessarily be true. Um, it might not even have any logic or any factual background, but you believe it to be true. So some examples of this are horoscopes. Perhaps you read your horoscope every single day and you believe to be that to be true. I'm not saying it's not true. I'm just using that as an example. Superstitions. Perhaps you don't walk under a ladder because you believe if you walk under a ladder, you will get bad luck. So these are all beliefs that we read about and we learn about as we go through life and get older. Perhaps your kids jump, I remember as a kid jumping from the door into my bed because I believed, honestly believed there was somebody under my bed or something, monsters in the dark, something under my bed. And it took me ages 
to get over that actually leaping from the door to the bed to make sure that there was nothing underneath so we all have beliefs and they come from a variety of places now many of them come from the country that we've been brought up in so here in the UK you know we have belief systems we believe that talking about the weather is really interesting we believe that everybody should queue um, and that if nobody queues we touch very loudly and send them to the back of the queue and might even just say something along the lines of uh, excuse me I don't know if you know but there's a queue here so we have we behave in a specific way because of our belief system and it's our culture so our beliefs come from our cultures depending on where where in the world you've been brought up and when you go to other countries you see there's, there's different cultures and it can feel a bit weird when you're abroad or on holiday or you're working in a different country because you have to adapt to other people's cultures and they might they might not be what you believe to be true and so you find that a little bit more difficult for example in the UK we are a nation of dog lovers in general we're a nation of dog lovers and other countries um, they look at the way that we treat our dogs and if I go downstairs and I actually put a, a picture on today of two of my dogs on a rug and said you know what what do I what are my values what do I believe to be true because a picture paints a thousand words you'll notice that the dogs are very comfortable very well fed having a good kit sometimes I go down to the lounge and honestly I can't get on a chair because the dogs are all comfortable and rather than moving them off the chair I will find a, a, a small place to perch myself and that's all to do with my belief system and all to do with my values I won't move them which is crazy isn't it it's madness when you think about it and other people will say what are you doing me for goodness sake get them off the furniture their dogs get them on the floor their belief system so we talk about the country that you live in or where you've been brought up not just the country but the region in the country you know in the UK we have a uh, perceived north-south divide and when you look at a variety of voting of uh, money of jobs there does sometimes seem to be a north-south divide and then it's not just about the north-south divide then it if there is such a thing if you believe that to be true there is also the house that you lived in when you were brought up so you had your country the region the house or the you can narrow it down to the street the house and then the family unit that you have personally been brought up in and the belief system of the family unit now Christmas is a classic example of this. I'm just going to give you a small story, okay, of Paul and Anne. Paul and Anne are spending their first Christmas together. And Anne loves Christmas. She has spent all of her Christmases with her family. They meet up on Christmas Eve and they go their separate ways the day after Boxing Day. She has a big family. She's got four siblings and mum and dad's still around. They all just get on brilliantly. And so she can't wait for Christmas with Paul first time that they're going to spend Christmas together uh, he hates Christmas okay so his uh, memory of Christmas is his dad going to the pub getting really drunk coming home and shouting at his mum and then throwing the dinner on the floor and collapsing the chair and going to sleep so two opposing beliefs so when they come together it's gonna be interesting and perhaps you can relate to this perhaps your first ever Christmas or perhaps even now Christmas is a challenge for you as a family unit about where you spend it and what you do and perhaps one of you sometimes resents what you have to do but perhaps you don't say anything so Paul has always been skiing he loves skiing oh he 
just it's the best thing in the world and it helps him to get away from his Christmas memories so he books a surprise ski trip imagine his surprise when he sits down and says to Anne you know what I've got this surprise for you I can't contain it anymore because we fly out tomorrow we're going skiing and instead of the reaction of oh my god you're the best boyfriend in the world he gets shouted at he gets tears he gets emotion he gets what have you done you selfish idiot I never do this I never go away and suddenly the belief system has clashed because he has his world and his belief system and the, the way he views the world through his own lens and she has her world and her belief system and the way she views her world through her lens and when you bring them together there's a clash parenting is another classic example and perhaps you can relate to this I will always say I was a great parent until I had a child in my life and then suddenly on the 400th round of I spy it became <laughs> became a very different story so and perhaps you can relate to that perhaps when you got together with your partner everything was great you know you're gonna have kids you get married and you live this dream world and then suddenly you're you're in this parenting and your your belief system around how kids should be brought up are totally different because of the way that you've been brought up either because you really enjoyed the way you were brought up or because you really hated the way you were brought up and so you bring your own belief system into that relationship of bringing the children up and if you take it to an absolute extreme then you can look at somebody who is at the end of their tether and can't see a way forward and standing on the edge of a building and their belief is that nobody cares about them so you turn up, you happen to be passing, you're walking past, you see somebody standing on the wrong side of the railings and you go over to them and you say, uh, hey, I just noticed that you look in distress, you're the wrong side of the railings, so I want to make sure you're okay. And they start talking to you. And one of the things that they say is that nobody cares about me. And because in your world, people do care about each other and because you are very cared for and you want to reassure that person, you say something along the lines of, and this is very common, you say something along the lines of I care about you and the response to your shock and your surprise is how can you possibly care about me you don't know anything about me you don't know anything about my life and yet you say you understand understand is another great phrase not to use um, you say you care about me and you get this pushback and you're left a little bit confused about why you're getting the pushback when you're trying to reassure and show somebody that you care about them so they are how we form our beliefs. Now, as we go through life, that changes because we get our own experiences. So now I'm just going to leave that there. That's a belief system. And I'm just going to ask you, what runs your belief system? What internal dialogue do you have going on? Maybe you have that internal dialogue that says that you're not good enough, that you shouldn't be doing this, that you... Uh, you're rubbish at something and so you live into that let me give you an example of that so before I set up the businesses it took me three attempts to get my maths O level three attempts so I have lived with the belief since the age of ooh, 14 that I'm no good at maths and I carried that into the business and so finances have never been my thing there you go there's my belief system again rocking in straight away never been my thing and so I wasn't very good at them and so I wasn't going to bother with them. Well, guess what? When you run four businesses, you need to be on top of your finances. So I don't have time now to say to myself, I'm no good at maths because I have to be, because I don't have a choice, because it's part of running a business. And suddenly now I'm like, oh, these figures are okay. I'm, I'm making this work. I understand cash flow. I understand profit loss. I understand 
balance sheets and all those things and actually that internal dialogue that was telling me I was rubbish at maths has gone away it does still rear its ugly head on occasions and I catch myself saying it and I'll go oh yeah well I know good in maths it took me three attempts to get my maths A level and I go hang on that's an old belief get rid of that because it doesn't serve any purpose for you right now in the world that you're living so we get rid of that that belief system so what belief systems are running your life what's preventing you from doing the things that you really want to do and when you are prevented stop and reflect on that and say okay what what belief system is driving this behavior and you'll find that when you get emotional it's because your beliefs are being challenged and often we feel when our beliefs are being challenged that actually we're being challenged that our opinion is being challenged and because our emotional primitive brain is there to protect us what happens is our behavior changes and our communication becomes more defensive and we change our behavior and so it's fascinating i always find this fascinating i'm going to tell you the crab in the bucket story so when you put crabs in a bucket and one of them tries to escape all of the others pull it down and the reason they do that is because they don't want the crab to escape human beings do this if any of you've got any experience with this if any of you ever tried to give up alcohol or change your eating habits or change your training habits and other people will do their best and they won't even know they're doing this but they'll do their best to sabotage those attempts so maybe your partner will bring wine home when you're trying not to drink maybe a friend will buy you chocolate when you've specifically said I'm not eating any chocolate because I'm trying to lose weight maybe somebody who knows that you've got a gym session booked will give you a ring and say oh do you want to come to the pub tonight and you'll go oh actually yeah I will and we don't mean anything by it but as human beings we are more comfortable when our friends stay the same because it makes us feel safe and secure and we like to be safe and secure we like to be right as well by the way um, I definitely always like to be right and so what we do is we find evidence that will make us right but that's what we do as human beings we're just comfortable we hate coming out of that comfort zone and when we come out of the comfort zone and it feels uncomfortable we try and scurry back or other people will pull us back because they're they feel safe and they feel secure with that if you think about all of your relationships in your life whenever you made a change or or you wanted to progress in a different way look at look at what happened around you and did you lose people that were close to you because you were making the change or did they come on the journey with you and that's generally how you know so that's all about belief systems and your belief systems and their belief systems and how they intertwine with each other and if you've got children you'll see their belief systems changing and growing as well as they get older and they start to get influenced by other things so you know when I was growing up there were no mobile phones there were none of these you know now I can't live without this just a, a complete aside but when I was in policing the first mobile phone we ever had only the inspector could use it it was in the boot of a car and it came out in a suitcase and it was huge and you had to kind of like dial this thing in before you could actually use it it was incredible and now it's like carrying a mini computer in your pocket and our whole lives are on our phones because times have changed and yet if you have a grandparent and a grandchild sitting in a room and the grandchild is constantly on the phone interacting or whatever whatever they're doing then the grandparent might find that quite rude behavior because of their belief system because of the way that they've been brought up so it's all about that belief system so let's talk about values because our values stem from what we believe to be true and now our, our values if there's a guy called morris massey 
and he's an American psychologist and he has looked at values and broken them down into stages. He says that we form our values from a very early age between 0 and 7 which is the imprinting period. And during this imprinting period what happens is we're learning, we're like sponges, we soak up everything that's going on around us. So depending on where you've been brought up, by whom you've been brought up and in what circumstances you've been brought up, that's where you're going to get your first lot of values. And they stay with you, they stay with you for a long time. Then between the age of 8 and 12, you start to get influenced by other people. So you go to school, you start to get influenced by um, other kids and other kids' siblings. You know, when the kids come home and they start saying things and you're like looking at them going, I've got no idea what you're talking about or how you even know these words because we don't say them here. So where are you getting them from? I'm sure, is it just me that has that conversation? I'm hoping it's not. I'm hoping some, of the, some others of you have that conversation. And then... As they get a little bit older and they come into adolescence uh, between the ages of 13 and about they used to think it was about 22 but there's been some new research on this now that shows actually we're still developing our brains are still developing and we're still picking up values um, into our late 20s and probably beyond I would say because my values definitely and my belief systems have changed in every in every age bracket, you know, now I'm in my 50s, it's very different from when I was in my 20s, 30s and 40s. And I think that comes personally with ex experience. And so th this is when you get that pushback. So any of you that have got teenage kids, uh, any teenage kids that are listening, this is why sometimes your parents get on your nerves because they have a very strong set of values and beliefs um, and things that they have believed to be true for out their whole life. And then you have your own experiences and you go out and you start mixing with different people and they start to influence you. So they start to give you values. And often, especially in those teenage years into our early 20s, what happens is that the people we hang around with become more influential than our parents or our carers or the people that have brought us up. And so we then start to push against that. And because we're pushing against the beliefs, and you'll often, often have those conversations of, whilst you're living under my roof, you'll live by my rules. We ha often have those conversations because we are being challenged. And when we're being challenged, our primitive brain kicks in because we think the, per the attack is personal, because it's against our opinion. And so we move from logical brain, some of the time, to emotional brain. And that's how our values work. Now, this is really interesting, this part. I always find this fascinating. I still find it fascinating now. So I worked in the professional standards unit, so investigating police officers when complaints were made for about five years. And I believe, honestly, that most police officers are really good people that do the job because they care about people and want to make a difference in the world. We are all human beings. We all make mistakes. And sometimes there are bad people, you know, out of thousands of people that were in the Metropolitan Police, there were obviously going to be some bad people who had joined the police for the wrong reasons, I'm going to say. Now sometimes in policing, and you might even, this is probably organisational, when you work in a big organisation, you know, people don't want to grasp on their other people. I'm just going to talk about policing because that's what I know, but I'm sure those of you that work in organisations have seen this as well where one of your colleagues is doing something that doesn't fit with your values and it makes you feel uncomfortable and you don't like being around them because of what they're doing. But what happens is sometimes we don't challenge that because 
the value of survival is higher than the other values that you have. So your value of survival is higher than the other values that you have. This is sometimes why younger people get drawn into gangs and they'll go with the flow of the gang and they won't put their hand up and say, no, this is wrong because of the fear of being ostracised, the fear of being hurt, the fear of being lonely, the fear of being isolated. And all of those things are stronger than upholding the value that you had and believed to be true. And then it feels uncomfortable. So what you find is you don't sleep. Or perhaps you've worked with somebody who is very unlike you and doesn't have the same values as you and it's made you feel uncomfortable. Perhaps you've worked in a position within an organisation or you're in a relationship that feels uncomfortable because it doesn't sit with your values. And because your values are being pushed against, then it makes life harder. And we know when we're not working in alliance with our values because it suddenly doesn't feel right and you start to push back. So let's let's look an at an example of that. So imagine that, uh, let's use somebody, right, uh, John. John works for an organisation. Now his family are his highest value and his highest priority. And so he always makes sure he has weekends off and he works in a job that he enjoys or did enjoy until his new boss came along because it, he finishes at four o'clock and so he can go home and have dinner with his family. He travels about 45 minutes to an hour to work and he can go home and have dinner with his family. Now his new boss, his new boss's values are career and they love being challenged, they love the cut and thrust of being in management level and they thrive on that and that's their, their value. Their value is earning as much money as, as possible. So they have a very high worth value. So the new boss comes in and says to John and says on a Thursday evening, right, all of next week you're going to have to work late. You're going to have to work till 6, 7 p.m. because we've got a backlog of work that needs doing. And John goes home and he speaks to his partner and he's like, oh, I just, I'm, I don't like this new boss. I don't, I don't know what it is about him, but I just don't like him. I, I feel uncomfortable at work. And, and gradually over time, you know, he does that over time because it's part of his contract, but it's, it's pulling him away from his family. And because his family are his highest values, it's becoming really uncomfortable for him. And he doesn't want to go to work anymore. And he's starting to find excuses not to go to work. He's starting to call in sick, which he never used to do. He used to be incredibly professional and prided himself in being professional. But now he's just not feeling it because his values are not aligned with the organisation or his new boss. And so his new boss's values are completely different and so there's a clash. And because they don't communicate, actually, because they don't recognise that this is what's happening and there's no communication, the relationship breaks down and John moves away from an organisation that he's been with for 20 years and has to go and find a new job and have all of that upheaval because he started to feel very uncomfortable. That's how powerful values and beliefs are. You take it right to the extreme. You have, uh, there's that great saying, isn't there? One man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist. So depending on what you believe to be true and which side of the fence you sit in. Let's take Brexit. I'm not going to talk about voting at all. 
definitely not a political broadcast here. Look at Brexit. Look how emotional that vote was. Within families, within work units, across the country. Incredibly emotional vote because of people's beliefs. What they believed to be true. And people got very cross and very angry at that. People hold their values and their beliefs to such an extent that they will die or kill other people sometimes because of what they believe to be true. Uh, that's why they say never talk about politics or religion because it's a belief system and when you compromise or challenge somebody's belief system even if you're just doing it as a conversation it can become a very emotional conversation and that's why it's so important so why on earth am I talking to you about this on the Rise of the Community Gym and on my communi uh, communication page is because it's a direct the direct result is your attitude and your attitude is what makes you behave and communicate with other people and how you show up in your day so if your attitude to somebody is negative you're more likely to have a negative conversation with them if your attitude is negative towards yourself and let's say fitness isn't particularly high on your list of values then you're not going to make time to go to the gym or to eat healthily because it's just not high enough or up on your value system so somebody once said to me can you change your values so beliefs let's talk about beliefs first can you change your beliefs i believe you can um, i believe if you are open-minded enough minded enough to understand that your opinion is your opinion and that your belief is your belief but it doesn't make you true and that you can meet somebody else halfway on the bridge and have an open and honest discussion and sometimes be swayed and sometimes not it doesn't matter if you are or you're not the important thing is that you recognize that that's your belief system and we have them all the time and the only way that we can understand ourselves and change our behavior is to reflect on what happens so reflection is great hindsight you know hindsight is amazing but it's only amazing if you take the learning from the incident so if you don't take the learning from the incident then you're not going to be able to move forward or have a different perspective on things i hope that make i hope that makes sense and it's not something it's not something that's easy i'd love to sit here and tell you that it's really easy and that you can just change your opinions and your belief systems but you can't it's just not that simple but the first the first start is to be self-aware enough and when you have conversations or when you don't go to the gym or when you sabotage yourself it's about pressing the big pause button and going okay well what's made me do that what what's made me change that behavior what made me come in and uh pour myself a glass of wine rather than going to a gym session that i booked what what made me do that and if it's because actually your health and well-being isn't high enough up on your values then you're just not going to do it it doesn't matter how how much anybody tells you to do it or what you read or you believe to be true until that value changes and you make it a priority you're just not going to do it and many of us don't make ourselves a priority that's the other thing we're very good at demons if there's any men watching this i apologize now but women this specifically applies to you and all of the research shows this because you will especially in lockdown and they found you can read you can google this because there's loads of research on it but what they found is that women especially have ended up running the family home doing the same thing that they normally do and then balance 
job done whilst at home as well. And so what happens is your priority then about staying fit and healthy becomes less because your highest priority and your highest value is looking after your family. And so you drop down until there's time. And, and it happens in many different aspects. But again, none of this is right at all. None of it's right. It's just what I believe to be true. But when you can start reflecting on, okay, well, what makes me tick as a person? What makes me emotional? Why does that make me emotional? What are my belief systems around that? And what is my what are my values around that? What are my real values? You know, um, I live in this house for a reason. Like, it's in the middle of nowhere. It's peaceful. It's quiet. I love the countryside. I don't spend enough time with my family. I know that. It's not because they're not on my value list. It's because I don't prioritise that as a higher value, which is something I'm working on and that I would like to change. So what, what would you like to work on? What would you like to change? And what is stopping you from achieving that? Is it a belief system that somebody told you years and years ago? Is it a value whereby you've just accepted that to be true and so you now live your life as part of that? Or is it because right here, right now, actually, you value something higher and so you're working and spending all of your effort and time in that other place? And again, there's nothing wrong with any of this. It's just about if you want to change, then understanding yourself is the only way I believe that you can change. So that is a lesson on values and beliefs. Great book called The Values Factor by Dr. John D. Martini, who goes into this in a lot deeper. And I've taken a lot of my learning from him around how even when you're at school and something, a lesson doesn't appeal to you, because not all lessons will appeal to people, is because of the value that you place on it. And that how actually, if you can link something that you don't enjoy doing into a value that you hold then you're more likely to do it finances for, for example for me not motivated by numbers at all often they're just a blur but because my businesses and my highest value is bringing service so the businesses have to work the finances then are linked in with that and that drives me to have a greater understanding of that right any questions? I could talk about this subject for ages. Thank you for those comments. If you are watching the replay, please just put hashtag replay and we can, um, I can answer any of your questions. I hope that's helped some of you that find yourself self-sabotaging all the time. There will be a belief and a value there and it might not be obvious. You might have to find it. You might have to work on yourself. You might have to look at, okay, so why, why, do I, why do I believe that to be true? What has happened in the past? It's like if somebody tells you from a very early age that you're not good enough, um, then eventually you believe you're not good enough. But then if you have a relationship with somebody later on in life and you've always been loved and cared for but actually you spend years and years and years with somebody who chips away at you and chips away at you and chips away at you and chips away at you then that can wear you down and you start to change your belief systems and you start to change the person that you are and so lots of external factors affect us 
and it's just about understanding how how that works and 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 what I guess it's almost at the point where you say okay well what well what is acceptable to me and what do I want and when when you get to that stage that's where you can do that reflection piece and ask yourself the questions of okay what what do I really want and women again often sorry guys this isn't like a a dig at men not in any way shape or form it's just that it's just because of the family generally the family units are that women will give up their careers to stay at home to look after the kids um, and then when the kids leave home the women are then looking for another purpose another value to live into because they feel a bit lost they feel a bit confused uh, they lack confidence because they haven't been in that working environment for a period of time which is a belief system because they're like well all I all I know is how to bring my kids up when I left 31 years of policing anybody who's ex-police or, or ex-organisation for a long time will recognise this, that was all I knew and I was like, well, who am I and what am I now, because I don't know because that part of me is gone, I was always Nick the police officer, and suddenly I'm Nick who? Who are you and what are you doing? And so you have to, I had to create like many other people, a new purpose a new value, a new way of being in my life to establish who I am, and of course you're not that, you're not you're not, I wasn't Nick the police officer or Nick the step parent um, or Nick the person that used to clean houses. There's so many more things that you are as a human being, but we just don't recognise it because we like to put ourselves in a little box and a little label because it's easier. So when people say, well, what do you do? You say that. Or when people say, who are you? You say that because it's easy. And then we get a little bit lost sometimes around what that looks like. Gosh, I need to stop because otherwise I'll go off on my soapbox for another hour. And uh, many of you have probably got far more. I was going to say interesting, but there's a value system, isn't there? And there's a belief there. And I was about to say far more interesting things to do because there's a belief system around how interesting am I. Anyway, I'm going to park that there. I hope you have a lovely evening. If you've got any questions, if I can help you, if you want to uh, meet me for one-to-one -one coaching in any way, shape or form, or if you want to come down to the gym and see what we do, or if you're interested in some of the stuff I do around communication and negotiation, give me a shout. And uh, just remember my highest value is to be in service. So I hope that this has resonated with some of you and that you'll be able to move this forward and find it useful. Right, take care. Have a lovely evening. It's Monday. Have a great week. And I will speak to you soon. Hey everybody, Nikki again. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast and thank you for joining me. You can find me on social media at Nikki Comms Coach at Twitter and The Communication Coach on Facebook and thecommunicationcoach.co.uk. Please like, share and review and I look forward to speaking to you soon. <coughs>